0: Welcome to Talking with Tech. My name is Chris Bouguet and I'm here with Rachel Madel. Rachel, I have a quick story to tell you. Tell me. Okay. So, at the time of this recording, it's Teacher Appreciation Week, and um, the people in my neck of the woods had put together a little slide deck. And, you know, with the slide deck, went out to all a whole bunch of people that said, just make a slide and say thank you to someone that you appreciate, right? And so, i got the slide deck and i was saying thank you and of course i made a little video that just said you know hey people i really appreciate you and in that video I um, was like, and for those of you that are that are creating an educational experience with robots, you know, thank you. And for those of you that are, are doing your own learning about um, comprehensive literacy for all, and I hold up the comprehensive literacy for all book, thank you. And then I go on and on, and I'm giving other examples of saying thank you. Um, and I, it was just a, a subtle way that I was sort of trying to put a, a drops in buckets of like, Check out this book about literacy, right? And so that's something that I try to do around literacy with uh, in my neck of the woods. A little, small, little, tiny thing. What do you got going on around literacy?
1: Oh, great question, Chris. So I want to share a story on the podcast. I <laughs> so I am very active on social media, as you know. We you know, create reels mostly at this point, um, all about different topics with AAC. When I get, and I get a ton of questions. I know you do too. We both collectively get questions from people listening to the podcast. We both get separate questions. People just asking about, you know, assistive technology, AAC. So part of what I do when I get questions is kind of put them into different buckets of content that we could create and kind of answer questions on social media. So it's like, if something keeps coming up, I'm like, okay, like this is something that we should share on social media.
0: Can I just pause you right there and tell you what a big fan I am of your social media? Meaning uh, I like your style, right? It's you, it's just, it's your head. You talk right to the people and right to the, the camera. There's not a lot of other um, things that are going on. It's just let's talk about this. And then you got the captions rolling underneath. And so I just feel like it's a really useful resource and I'm a fan. I always stop and I always watch and I always listen. I don't always comment cause I know we're going to chat about things when we get together, but I'm definitely a big fan.
1: Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate those words of affirmation. Um, we put a lot of energy in, uh, intention into what we do on social media and I've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying you know I've been following your account for uh, a long time I love your content and people are always kind of messaging and reaching out saying that they appreciate it and that makes me feel good Uh, because I do think it's a really great platform to share information Um, so you know when we're trying to figure out what we're posting and what kind of content we're creating of course we take um, feedback from the people who follow me and people who reach out and ask questions. Um, but I also just, as I'm going through my days clinically, I will have an idea that kind of sparks something and I'm like, okay, I had a conversation during the coaching call and this sparks another idea and we kind of collect them on a list. And then, you know, as a team, uh, I get together with, um, the people who help me on like the digital side of my business. And we talk about Okay. What are we going to do? What am I going to record? What is this month going to look like? What's next month going to look like? So anyway, we have these team meetings. We talk about what I'm going to record. And then it goes through a whole process um, where I Luckily, I'm so grateful to have a team that can, you know, take that recording and edit it and add those captions and, you know, post it. And, you know, I write the captions and things like that. So one of the things that we do during these meetings is we look at the analytics. We look and see what resonated with people and how many people shared this and how many people bookmarked it and how many people commented and engaged. And You can see all those analytics on social media. Um
0: I was going to say, it sounds like an awesome way to reflect on what's working and what people are interested in and what, uh, what resonates and what to do differently, right? What, what uh, changes you'd like to make?
1: Yeah. And so it's just, it's really helpful. Uh, we do kind of testing and like we've, we've realized that, for example, sometimes I'll have a lot to say. And so we'll we'll split the video into two parts. So it'll be like part one comes out on a Wednesday, part two comes out on Thursday. And we've realized that like part two never performs well. And we're like, what's going on with part two? Like I have, that this is just as important as part one, but for whatever reason, maybe because I'm wearing like the same outfit and people were like, I already saw this, notoriously does not perform well part two. So we're like, okay, we're not gonna do part one and part two anymore. So that's just an example of how we look at analytics and then we make decisions moving forward about it. I have to tell you, Chris, this last meeting that we had, um, we were looking and we are kind of doing um, a review of uh, our analytics and something really disheartening came up and I wanted to share it on the podcast and it has to do with literacy. Oh, okay. We realize that if we look at all of the times that I've posted about literacy, whether that be on a reel or sometimes we've done the swipe through posts, we've done um, you know collaborations with other SLPs about literacy and notoriously our literacy posts do not perform well. And it's just like, it really is disheartening to me because I'm super passionate about literacy and AAC. I feel like when I share about it, you know, my thought processes, I understand this is kind of an area of our field and our practice that maybe people don't feel comfortable in. And so I try to share information about you know, obviously using the framework of comprehensive literacy for all, um, and sharing some of the things that I've learned, some of the strategies that I teach. And it's just like, (laughs) it's, I think it's really useful content. And so I'm just like, why, why, why is this not performing well? Why are people not liking, sharing, commenting? Like, it's just like, if we look at all of the analytics, it's just, it doesn't perform
0: well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let me ask some, some follow-up questions here. And uh, people can't see me, but I'm, I'm rubbing my palms together, ready to dig into this question here. So uh, this my first question to, to you is probably going to be hard to answer because I know from looking at the analytics of the podcast, we don't always know who our audience is, right? So so a little of this is speculative, but let me ask you, in the if we were to create a pie chart of a percentage, What percentage do you think are parents versus teachers versus SLPs who focus on AAC versus general SLPs who are just, um, who AAC is one part of their job, you know, Uh, what do you think the percentage breaks down to?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a really great question. It's so it's mostly professionals, I think, who are following my work. Some parents, though, there's like a a small percentage of parents. Um, I think that there is a lot of um, AAC specific people that follow my work. um, But I also think that I speak oftentimes to a broader audience of speech language pathologists who don't specialize in AAC, but are just kind of Following me to learn more about an area that maybe they don't have a lot of training in and don't have a lot of confidence in. Um, so I do think that I speak oftentimes to a broader audience of speech language pathologists, in addition to people who are you know doing this work every, every day, and also parents who are interested in AAC.
0: So let me again, let me let me let's see if you can quantify it. If uh, I said there was, you I had knew you were going to
1: ask this. If there Numbers. was a hundred, <laughs> you had a
0: hundred people watch your your video. Um what percentage do you think out of those hundred are the general SLP?
1: I would say probably sixty.
0: Sixty, okay. Sixty. I right, with a with a margin of error on either side. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um so sixty percent of the of the population that is listening to your video and watching your video gets to experience you talking something about literacy and you think they thumb up on it, right? They're like, move on. I'm going on to my next reel, right? Correct. Um, (laughs) Okay, well, and so if that's the case, that sort of makes sense to me because I could imagine a general speech therapist thinking that's not my job or that's not the bulk of my job. I support someone else's doing that, but I'm not doing that. Do you think that's a fair assumption?
1: Yeah, and I also would think there's a lot of speech language pathologists in who follow my work who are in the schools. And I think that in, when you're in the schools, um, it's easier to say like, oh, like I don't, I don't really do the literacy. The teacher does that. Right. Um, so I think that generally speaking, it's probably like, this is not, something I really work on, um, which I kind of know that, right? Which is why I'm trying to encourage people to learn about it and learn more about it and figure out ways to start incorporating it into the work that they do.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, and that brings me to my second speculation here is that, um, that maybe you're just really on the forefront of it. Meaning if we throw the word yet at the end of the, the sentence, you know, I, I'm not getting great engagement with literacy Yet, but it's so there's still so many people that are like, oh, wait, we're supposed to be teaching kids how to read and we're supposed to be teaching those kids how to read. I never would have thought they would be able to read like uh, it still seems to be such like a, a new concept for so many people. Uh, that when you do introduce it to them, the light bulbs go off, and they're like, of course we should be teaching them to read, but why were we not? Why was I not thinking in that ballpark? So I wonder if if this is just the beginning, you know? Like, you're so early and new, or literacy is so early and new to so many people, and the concepts that you're presenting to them is so new that it just is a matter of time, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that ultimately I recognize many people feel overwhelmed and daunted by AAC, just general AAC. (laughs) It's like this device, how do I use it? What's, you know, best practice. And so I think adding an additional layer of literacy makes people feel even more overwhelmed. Um, I can imagine. And so I think that that is something that I recognize and I, regardless of my analytics, you're going to keep hearing from me about literacy and AAC because it's important, right? Um, And as you were talking, Chris, I was thinking maybe my next reel on AAC and literacy is talking to SLPs about how it is in your scope of practice to work on literacy. And in fact, we can't, we can't pull apart literacy from language and without you know, literacy, our students can't, can't, uh, can't really access all of the language. So I feel like maybe I just call it out.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think that's good. I also wonder though, did you see what I did as you were talking about it? I thumbed up, right? Meaning, uh, which I hope was not rude and you hope you didn't take it as rude, but I wonder that uh, uh, something that has happened with me over the years is learning that I need to hide the medicine in the brownies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You've know, you heard me comment on it before to you, how the, uh, my, my work with coding and robots, don't, I don't get a lot of people to show up at those. It's more than ever. It's grown over the years. But because no matter w- which way I title it, people think, oh, that's not for me or that's too complicated or that's not my thing. And so now I'm like, hmm. What if I titled it like uh, Top 10 Ways to to Help with Negative Behaviors? And then you, oh, yeah, I fight with regular beha- these negative behaviors all the time. That seems to be a problem that I have. Let me come to that session, and then I'm in there going, you want to work on behaviors? Let's play with robots, you know? And I wonder if that's a way to get literacy into in, the, the the message of literacy to your audience is to bake it in the brownies, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good strategy. Um, I also know that when it comes to performing on social media, for better or for worse, like the more controversial... I make it sound, (laughs) the more engagement we get. So when I say things like, here's one thing everybody should know about AAC, or here's this one thing that I never do in my practice, like those kind of sensationalized uh, titles really catch people. Um, (laughs) So I could get...
0: Here's 10 things you should know, and you're not going to believe number four. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Let's actually skip right to number 4. You need to be teaching literacy. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, that's too funny. That's too funny. But I I do I do think those strategies might help um sens- sensationalized titles um that has literacy b- baked into it. Um and Combining literacy in posts about other things that people already care about or already think it's their responsibility, um, I think that might catch more flies than I'm just going to call it out. People, you got to be doing literacy. You know, I feel like that's yeah. I'm already too busy, Rachel, and that you, again, you, Rachel can see me, but I'm thumbing up. You know.
1: <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. That was really helpful. It was uh, fun to kind of share, and um, yeah, hopefully, it was fun for our listeners to kind of hear the behind the scenes of how my process, you know, goes with, with social media because it is a huge part of what I spend my time doing and our team works on. And so, um, yeah, it's just,
0: again, I'm a fan. I think it shows, you know, the, the work that you put in, it doesn't look like it's, um, you know, just off the cuff. It certainly looks like you're putting the time in, you're putting care into it. It's good information that people need to see and hear. So it's well worth it. Um, so we want more people engaging with it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Chris, what is our interview about today?
0: Well, this is with Sarah Seeger and she had reached out to me to uh, ask about AAC coaching and um, I believe got a job in her neck of the woods to start a maybe do something like that and so was sort of brainstorming what what that position might look like and so in the same way we were just saying that we get emails with questions uh, she had reached out with a a kind of a long list of questions and I said want to jump on a podcast and record and she was like let's do it so what you're about to hear is my interview with Sarah Seeger. We'd
1: like to thank all of the wonderful Patreon supporters who make this show possible. This podcast is funded by listeners just like you who signed up at patreon.com backslash talking with tech to show their support because of the generosity of our amazing Patreon community. We're able to pay Luke and Michaela, our podcast producer and audio engineer who keep the show looking and sounding great. Patreon supporters also receive bonus content, such as early access to interviews, behind the scenes recordings, additional curated resources and materials, and so much more. Check it out at patreon.com backslash talking with tech. Now let's head back into the episode.
0: Hi, my name is Chris Bouguet with the Talking with Tech podcast and I'm here with Sarah. Sarah, can you say your last name for us? Yeah, it's Tiger. Siger. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sarah, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you, what you do, and why we're here today.
2: Yeah, I am a speech-language pathologist. I've been in the private schools and public schools, um, ranging from preschool to high school. Um, I've been a therapist for five years. Um, I used to live in Colorado. And then I moved to Cleveland, Ohio, and now I'm at a nonprofit um, agency in the school part because there's outpatient and school. Um, and I work with autistic students. So.
0: Excellent. Well, just to let you know, so my, uh, I am very familiar with the Cleveland area. I went to Kent state. That's where I went by. That's where I got my master's degree. So.
2: Oh, that's exciting. Cool.
0: Yeah. It's right around the corner from Cleveland. It's not exactly Cleveland, but it's like what an hour and a half South of Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love um, that. so you reached out, uh, to, to chat about some, some things. So uh, let's, let's dive in.
2: Yes. So thanks for meeting with me. I'm super excited. Um, I have um, a lot of experience right now working with high-tech devices. Um, more than 50% of my kids are on high-tech devices and all are on you know, low AAC. Um, and as I've been working with them, I have more of an interest focusing more on the high-tech devices and helping with the other therapists, the classroom, the teachers, um, because I'm noticing with the high minutes that these kids have, with the behaviors that, you know, are in the classroom, the time to really focus on these high-tech devices and make them dynamic, robust, Is tough. I have changed a lot of my own students' templates to be much larger. um, And that was just on my own time outside of work. As I've gone into more of the other classrooms and talking to another speech therapist, you know, I hear that it is difficult to find that time to really change the templates to be larger, more dynamic. um, And that's where I kind of want to help out more in my school. There's no, I'm, I'm using quotes, AAC specialist. Um, Mm -hmm. there's no dedicated person that, or, you know, speech therapist that we go to, to ask any of these questions, you know, high tech, it's always changing. There's always new things to learn. Um, thanks to your podcast. I've learned a lot. And, um, I, yeah, that's kind of what I'm interested in more to become that person that can help out um, and less of that direct uh, therapy with the kids and more of, um, yeah, that helping hand.
0: Yeah. Um okay, Amazing. so let let me ask some clarifying questions and yes. and we'll go from there. So okay. you you use the word template. Can you describe that a little bit? That's a term that um I haven't really heard other people use before. So what do you what uh or oh. but but it's a, it's new to me. So do you mean like well, you tell me what you mean.
2: <laughs> okay. Um so when I say template, I'm talking about the vocabulary um Like, for example, if we're talking about proloquo to go, you can have um, a very small, you know, four by, I I don't know, six template. So that's Mm -hmm. the vocabulary. Um, And then you can make it to six by 10. So that's what I mean by template. What do you call it?
0: Yeah, no. I Vocabular. mean, yeah, vocabularies or but okay. a, a page set. Yeah, I get. I totally. But vocabularies is the term that we typically use in our neck of the woods. So okay. I I thought that's what you meant, and I just wanted to make sure anyone listening was like, well, let's make sure we're on where the jargon that we're using is the is the same. Yes. So then you. I heard you sort of summarize that you, if I'm summarizing this correctly, that um, you have seen that. Uh, many of the kids that you're supporting have moved up in how many words are available in those templates. Was that fair?
2: Oh, Oh, um, are you asking how many? Yeah.
0: Well, not how many, yeah, but um, just that you've seen that happen. Like you, you've had, uh, you've participated in going like, well, yeah, we're starting with 20. Why? Let's go up. Look if there's There's, there's no fine motor difficulties here. Let's give them more words. Right. Is that. Oh, yes, I-
2: absolutely. I've done that with, um, at least six of my kids, mm-hmm. um changing it so that it's just more more robust.
0: Mm-hmm. now, and uh, if i heard if I heard you correctly, you you haven't been working with this nonprofit for five years. You've been working with them for a little bit of time. So you probably inherited kids that had these templates or page sets or vocabularies. And then you're like, wait, let's make some adjustments here. Is that fair? Okay.
2: Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I've been at this agency for two and a half years and how this works, it's a nonprofit school districts send these students to us and we are their school. So it, it is their school. Um, so the school district will set them up with a device and then they come to us and we use that, um, Gotcha. But I have noticed. Yeah. I mean, I work with these kids all the time. So which is really great. I know them very well. And so I have been able to trial on my own work iPad, um, larger templates, seeing how they do. And then I just transfer it in, onto their personal device after speaking to parents, speaking to the team. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it's it's been working out really well.
0: Would it uh, since would it be fair to say that many of the kids are using Proloquo to go? It sounds like that's the that's the app, because uh, many others there there are other applications. Let's like like Lamp Words for Life, where it's you can it's eighty four cells and that's it. You know what I mean? You can mask and you could go in a different direction, but uh, there's not changing the cell size to have more words. It's eighty four per page.
2: Exactly. A lot of my kids come to me with Proloquo to go um i have a few on touch chat and i've also changed their size vocabulary mm-hmm. um and then i had a few on lamp mm-hmm. but uh, yeah go. you know a lot of them come with just smaller like four by six mm-hmm. um and then the thing about that is it's a lot of folders
0: yeah it's um, a lot of hits
2: <laughs> it's a lot of hits and i'm like wait a second You know, with one hit on a six by 10, you can then tell me I want to go up, Mm -hmm. like upstairs or just more words,
0: more words. So So let me roll back to to try and understand this, because it also sounds like you're not involved, you or anyone in your nonprofit is really involved in the selection process. The way you made it sound is like mostly you're getting the people in the public school have made a selection and then it's coming with them. Is that fair to say?
2: That is fair to say for some. So mm-hmm. I have a student who um, is on PECS, and he needs to get off of it. I, he, he understands the cause and effect. We're done with PECS. So um, it's funny. I recently listened to, I know it was back in October, but your episode on how to trial and decide. And I'm like, yes, this is a question I ask so many therapists. How do you decide the, the, the program? The um, high tech device uh, pr- between Touch Chat and Proloquo and Lamp. Um, so I, through just my own experience working with the kids, um, my kid on Pex, I just asked for a Touch Chat. Um, and how I chose that was one, he's definitely a gestalt language processor, um, which I feel like you guys talk about that on this.
3: <laughs> yeah, we talk uh, if, about it. On the phone. We don't
2: have to get into that, but. <laughs> From, you know, and I follow all, you know, all the other podcasts and speech therapists and touch chat seems like it's a good way to go for gestalt language processing. And he, I've put it in front of him a few times and, you know, he's not pushing it away from me. He's responding so well. Um, So I also will trial some and get devices um, through the district. So most of them come to us already with a high tech device, but there are a few where I am trialing and reaching out to the district.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So do you feel like, is you work with multiple districts or just one district? Multiple. Multiple. They all, if, if for some reason placement doesn't work in their neck of the woods, they might consider your organization, the organization that you work for as a placement option. And then you um, have relationships with these different schools and the therapists in those different schools. Does that sound fair? yeah
2: like me personally, I will reach out sometimes to their the old therapist in the district. um I also reach out to the therapist um if they see one in outpatient. um I just love to do mm-hmm. that and collaborate. um it's tricky to get into our school like there is definitely a list, and you have to you know have certain we don't just um select you know, we don't get just any kids. It's very, um, it's a very structured six kids to a classroom. That's it. Okay. Um,
3: all with disabilities, have,
2: um, autistic, um, okay. you know, mainly autistic with more severe behaviors, mm-hmm. um, just cause we have more, more of those resources and supports, um, in the, in the building. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's small. Six kids to a classroom, and we have uh, one, two, three, four, like five classrooms okay. on one side of town, and then two classrooms on another side of town. That's it.
0: Gotcha. And you travel to all of those, right? Nope.
2: I'm just oh. on one side, um, uh, one building, Okay. and each therapist only has two classrooms. Okay. So 12 kids at most.
0: Oh, gotcha. So you have 12 kids on your caseload
2: um typically yes i actually only have one classroom right now
0: okay so six kids
3: (laughs) i have five kids (laughs) five kids
0: okay
2: it um so i know these kids very well but um and the the speech or ot typically will stay in the classroom all day like it's a so we really get to know them but Mm -hmm. um aside from the actual direct therapy we again we don't have the go-to hey i have this question on about this high tech i kind of have become that person
0: sure sounds like it
2: yeah um you know there's for example there's this one student on go talk and he's doing great and i actually just jumped into the classroom one day to watch him work on it he's doing so well
0: Do you mean the GoTalk Now app or a GoTalk, the device? Mm -hmm.
2: The device, a GoTalk Nine.
0: Nine, nine cells. Okay.
2: Nine cells. And he's doing so well. And I would love for him to be on a high-tech device. Um,
0: Yeah, because how much can you say with just nine cells, right? And even if GoTalk has levels, you know, it's still limiting, right?
2: Right. And then the motor planning, like you take out the paper, then you put more in. Um, But the time for... uh, You know, knowing and feeling confident about which to, what to, where to even start, Mm -hmm. you know, is where I hear a lot of the struggle. Um, So I would love to be that person to just go in, sit with the kid and have my different devices and see where they um, like gravitate towards and so on.
0: Okay. Well, I have some thoughts. My first thought is, I'm encouraged that you're working with the 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 that you have relationships with the the feeding schools into your school because mm-hmm. Ultimately, it sounds like, I mean, in my world, I'm always thinking about inclusion. How can students with disabilities be included into the general educational experience? And how can we redesign those general educational experiences so people can be more included, right? Uh, Not necessarily taken to a separate building with five other kids with a similar disability. Do you know what I mean? That... Um, on a spectrum i'd want uh uh, how can we move in this direction i'm pointing to my right right towards the inclusion setting so that you're not in in this sort of segregated setting is that a fair like you want that that too
2: so i mean ultimately we would love if our kids end up back in the district and we get a handful of the kids to go back in the district but what is um stopping that from happening well a lot of their um their behaviors but like why do they have behaviors communication is one of the top things so you know being in the school I deal with a lot of those behaviors I'll jump in because there's a barrier a communication barrier so um Yeah, ultimately, we would love our kids to go back to the district, Um, but whenever they're ready. We don't want to rush it because it's a hard process to get them back into our school.
0: Sure, sure. So, is it also fair? So, I, you know, I work for a public school and we have um, private schools that some kids go to. And if it's similar in your neck of the woods, the way that works is we work as a collaborative team. I mean, I know those private school therapists and they know me and um, they, or the, the colleagues that I work with, but we all know each other and sort of make decisions together. Uh, not every decision in the day to day kind of goes by, but like, hey, if we're thinking, hey, this kid has a GoTalk9 and we're sort of thinking maybe something else, it's time to pull someone in and we start having conversations collectively. Is that how, would you feel like that's how it works with you with most of most of the schools is that we make decisions collaboratively? So actually, no.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> once, we, um, once they come to us, we are not, the only time we're connected with the district is when the district representative comes to our IEP meetings. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, in, communication with their prior teachers or because they have a new teacher so Mm -hmm. we communicate within our building um so if my kid is on a go talk i am able to reach out to the district and say well i'll talk to my boss and then she'll reach out but and explain hey we need a high-tech device and then they're pretty great at getting it so gotcha. it's more us collaborating within our building.
0: Let me let me make sure I understood that correctly. So yeah, um, if you, you you in this situation where you're like, okay, Go Talk Nine limiting, we need something else. Does the yeah. Go Talk Nine belong to your nonprofit, or does it belong to the public school, or does it belong as a private device? Mm,
2: that's a good question. So we have our own Go Talks okay. um, through the agency that we we order. Um, We also have different um, Mac buttons. Um, This one student, he's not mine, but um, he actually came to the school with this. So I think it's either the district's or it's the... um, Or it's his.
0: Okay. I think it's personally purchased. Yeah. Okay. Um, So do you feel like you have free license and agency to make those changes, um, without collaborating with the, with the outside agency. You're like, I want, I want to try touch Chat. Let's go. You don't have to oh. collaborate with somebody and be like, can you get me a touch chat? Uh, can you give me an iPad with touch chat on it? You can do that.
2: No, we can do that. So like we have the freedom to, the, to do that. And how I've done that is the agency gives all the therapists, um, an iPad. And so my iPad, which I carry around at all times to model constantly with my kids, I have LAMP, TouchChat, and Proloquo to go. So mm-hmm. if I'm trialing something with a student, I'll just put it right in front of them and sit with them. And so I have that. Once I feel confident in which uh, program I want to use,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, that's when we reach out to the district. And gotcha. we ask, "Hey, can we get an iPad with TouchChat?" We Prolo.
0: we have we have been experimenting with some options, and we've exactly. landed yep. on an option. Here's our rationale for why we think this is the option to go with. Now, get us the thing.
2: <laughs> yes, that yeah. that is how it works.
0: And are they? Uh, is it generally like okay? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that's what you need, and they go with you, or is it a uh, battle usually?
2: Um, it's. It's pretty good. Like my, one of my students recently broke his iPad Mm -hmm. and he got a new one pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Um, Other times it might take a while. Like I reached out um, about getting touch chat and I, I'm not sure when we'll get it, but for the time being, when I'm with him, I can pull out my iPad and pull up the touch chat. Um, But sometimes it takes a, a little bit of time.
0: Sure. But they're not like sending out another speech therapist to their own assessment. And now you've got two assessments and you're competing for which one they think it should be. And they they try to go talk nine and um, grid three and uh, cough drop. And you try touch chat and proloquo, And it's not like that. It's no,
2: no, it's up to us.
0: OK, it's up to up, up to you. And they mostly respect the decision that you and if they have some questions about it. When I say they, it sounds like it's one case manager that coordinates with the. You know, each each school, each public school, maybe has one case manager that collaborates with you, and you you might have correspondence. Yeah,
2: like them. the we, yeah, the district rep. Um, yes. we reach out to him or her, and yeah, and we just say, hey, and, and you know what? They're really great with getting our kids' devices because they're they're at our school for a reason.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: like yeah. they need to communicate effectively. Um. Well, any kid does, but uh, our kids, you know, the district pays us to send these kids. So
3: gotcha. Okay. Yeah, they're
0: pretty good. (laughs) So they're like, all right, yeah, you know what? The school, let's uh, let's not fight. Let's have a good collaborative relationship. Mm -hmm. They say they need this. They have done some due diligence about why they decided they need this thing. It's not just randomly asking for stuff, right? So you have some uh, uh, rationale and documentation you could show to support your decision making. Um, so there's no no fuss, no muss. Let's get them the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, I mean that sounds encouraging. Good. You know that sounds like an encouraging collaborative. It's really uh, nice. Yeah, because um, it could be so much worse, right? <laughs> like, I, uh, oh, like yeah. I just painted. Okay, uh-huh. so so it sounds like you can get the stuff, right? If you, yes. you th- that's not a barrier. Um, no, no, not uh, not usually. Not usually. Yeah, of course, there's going to be situations, but right. for the most part, you can get the stuff. Um, let's dig into a little bit, if you don't mind me asking, about that selection process, because mm-hmm. you say you have these three A apps that you tend to typically go with on your iPad. Um, you're, you someone and the this, the learner themselves comes in for the first time, and the school has probably provided them with something, right? Uh, and maybe that yeah. is a thing that is limiting, like the Go Talk Nine. You know, it's probably not a good match, and so you're like, now, how, what do I do, right? So let me ask you: You can I, I, I use this phrase all the time? People listening to the podcast were probably sick of it, but like, you can only lead the dance one of three ways you can lead with your right foot, your left foot, or you can dump with both feet forward. Right. So how do you choose which app to present first? You know,
2: great question. (laughs) Um, so I always try to figure out motor planning. So we know lamp is all about that.
3: Um, so sometimes I'll pull out lamp um, there's really, it,
2: it's kind of like, a you know, if my kids are, know categories, maybe Proloquo could be good. It's like so many categories, so many folders. I mean, it's a good question. Like I just listened to your, your podcast, you know, the last episode on how to trial, how to choose, um, if their scanning is good, then, you know, I always want to, um, Choose something where it it's personal to them. So you know, proloquo is cool because you can change the skin color. Like that's nice. I mean, that's like an added thing. But there's mm-hmm. also a keyboard. There's um, a lot of. I'm pretty sure you can add a key um, guard.
3: You can to any yeah. of
2: those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, and, and I try not to choose it based on, Oh, everyone else in the classroom has this. So that's why I'm doing it. I try to stay away from that. I know that's convenient and you know, you think symbol sticks is very helpful. Um, but that's a good question. And that's, um, I reached out to another speech therapist last week. Um, someone who is, a, a she calls herself AAC slash SLP. And I asked her like, what is the evaluation process? How do you decide? Um, she uses the communication matrix Uh and then looks at like how their communication is. And then she kind of just also trials. Like it's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have an answer. I would ask Um, that same
0: person, the same thing. How do you decide what to trial first? Because that will influence the other trials. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely.
2: So I did touch chat for my one student. I pulled it out. Um, Touch chat is great with like eventually building those sentences like syntax. And um, I read that for gestalt language processing, it, it's it's better, maybe. So I pulled out touch chat and I just had it open. Touch chat's also nice because um, it has already built in a sensory folder. And this kid, it, that's really helpful. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I chose touch chat.
0: Okay, well, let me ask you this: you, you seem to shy away from the idea of looking at what the other four to five—I guess there's potential of six people in this room—and there's four now. So this kid comes in; that would be the fifth kid. What the other four AAC users are using, um, and I'm curious about that. Tell tell me more. Why do you why do you feel like that's uh, that's something you should shy away from?
2: Well, that's a good question. Like it could be helpful if all my kids are using proloquo and then I just have this student using it. And then we just, you know, use the same. If I printed out a low communication board, it it makes sense for everyone. Um, I try to, when I put the devices in front of the kids, if they're showing interest, like if they're kind of gravitating towards it, then I, I like to follow their lead kind of. Um, and if there are a lot of words that they're already understanding, I'm like, well, that's awesome. Um, I also, the thing about proloquo is there's so many, like the buttons can be in so many different places. So if you're thinking about motor planning, like that's mm-hmm. huge. Like that's, um, it's really, it can be tricky. Um, if, if a kid is really good with their motor planning i might not want a device where i can find i don't know what word like a word in multiple places in so many different spots Mm
0: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. um so that's an example
0: (laughs) um i love how your i love how your brain is working right now (laughs) Because it's trying to wrestle with all these different concepts, right? So let me, if it's okay, let me try and help. Um, yes, please. <laughs> stream, streamline some of it. So I don't know. Uh, you sometimes you hear people say this kid's a motor planning kid, and this kid's not a motor plan. Well, every kid is a motor planning kid. So For that sure. should. Yeah. So, so it's just how complex those motor plans are. Um yeah. And how much difficulty you might have learning those motor plans. But keeping buttons in the same spot and minimizing how many hits is going to be good for every single, every everybody. There's, it, it, there's no one that's going to do better by moving the buttons around. Right? Um, in the long term, right? Okay, so... Mm.
2: Can I add something? Yeah. That you just brought up, the minimizing the amount of Hits. Hits. Mm-hmm. So that this one student that I decided to touch at, um, at first I showed him LAMP. I actually reached out to his speech therapist at his old school because I was like, I just pulled out LAMP, and he found yes, no, so quickly. Did you trial this with him? She was like, yeah, I did. I was like, that's amazing. So, you know, I sat with him with using LAMP, thing with lamp is there is like three hits for some of the for some of the, the words. And you know, he understands he's like trying to say yes, but I'm like, Oh, you need to click that three times. Like I didn't hear it, but he knows what he wants to say. So that's why I switched out of lamp. It was just so many buttons. And he's the type who he's very interested in doing it. But if he's not hearing it fast enough, he's just going to like turn away from the device.
3: Okay. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no. So I was just going to say touch chat. He clicks yes, and and he hears it right away. Or no, he hears it right away.
0: Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Later on, there's going to be more hits for different words. So he's going to eventually butt up against that anyway. For sure. I think the proponents of Lamp would tell you, yeah, it's three hits. Or less, meaning it's never more than three hits. So you don't have to think, it's like, well, okay, is this four hits, five hits, six hits? It's always going to be three hits. Yes. So there might be a little bit of that initial um, hump to get over. Plus, I think the other proponents of LAMP would say, but you can start with one hit. Like you could just teach them this and then eventually grow the motor plan by adding the trend, you know, making it three hits down the line. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But let me go back. Let me go back to the the environment that the kids are in. So you, you, real quick, if you wouldn't mind just running down, student number one, learner number one, what system are they on? Pick one kid and just. So we got one. One kid on PEX. What's number two?
2: Um, he uses just um visuals. He uses his voice, so he's he's speaking.
0: He's speaking. No AAC.
2: No high tech. I mean, he uses visuals, like, but ultimately, no. He uses his voice. He's speaking.
0: You say he uses visuals, like he uses visuals, like visual schedules, and
2: that's a good question. All the kids use visual schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all the kids have choice wheels, um, okay. with visuals, and um, but ultimately, you know, he he uses his voice to express his wants, needs, comments.
0: Mm-hmm. He can say whatever he wants to say, however he wants to say it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. He's yeah. learning new words. His vocabulary is growing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's All great. right. So we got pecs. Mm-hmm. N- nothing that's absolutely needed to guarantee a free public education. Right. Uh, third.
2: Um, proloquo. Proloquo. Proloquo is fourth.
0: Okay. We got at least two proloquos. Okay.
2: Yes. And then um,
0: proloquo quo. So, gram right.
2: Proloquo.
0: Okay. So, to me, you've got, in this environment where the kids are going to spend a bulk of their time, uh, Proloquo is used by three out of the five kids. If you were mm-hmm. thinking of the kids that, that, the kid that is currently using PEX, and you're thinking at, uh, how we started this conversation is, uh, I, I'm seeing how more kids can use more robust tools. You you might be thinking this kid's moving from PEX to something, maybe Proloquo. Tell me about your bestie, (laughs) the teacher in that classroom, right? This has got to be someone, if that's your classroom, it's got to be someone you're working with closely all the time. Is that fair?
2: Oh, yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes.
0: So are they uh, familiar with AAC? Are they modeling on AAC? Are they?
2: Oh, yes. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: All the time. Um, The teacher, so the teacher is a special ed teacher in every single classroom. You've got an IS and then two teacher assistants and that teacher uses it all the time she's great she encourages the kids to travel with it and then the teacher assistants as well like everybody is pretty um we're all similar with like using the device bringing it around so that's great yeah so that, yeah they're familiar
0: and the pex user is the one that we're talking about is considering moving up to to proloquo oh, yeah. He, yeah that's that's um
2: okay. actually i was thinking touch chat. <laughs>
0: Okay. So (gasps) tell me again why you're thinking touch chat instead of proloquo
3: to go? I I should say proloquo to go.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Proloquo to go. I didn't even try proloquo to go.
0: Because you tried lamp and touch chat.
2: Yep. I didn't even try it because, um, when I have questions, I mean, they're uh, actually, I've reached out to proloquo to go, um, support and they're great.
3: assist aware mm-hmm.
2: yes they are great and fast it's a good question i'm trying to like think in i guess i don't really have a good answer like in my head i kind of know why
0: it's just hard to articulate it yeah um what were you thinking why were you thinking touch chat instead of prolo quo
2: yeah you know after you you know after thinking it over <laughs> maybe i should just use protocol and this is the thing like i i don't have a good way of really deciding i think that's a big struggle where it's just me trialing but yeah i didn't even i didn't even put protocol to go in front of him (laughs) which i could
3: absolutely
0: first i guess we should be explicit we're talking about pro lo to go. And since, but so many people just call pro lo to go pro but pro assistive wear has recently come out with a new product called pro So now we have to always say pro lo to go, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about pro Yes, quo to go. Right? To go. Yes. So I think it is completely okay to consider the environment. As one of the factors that you'd be considering, you mentioned, you know, which apps have a uh, matching skin tones, right? That's a consideration. What languages might be a consideration? How many hits might be a consideration? As you're making this list of things to consider, um, certainly one of the things to consider could be, well, what is go? Goal- what's already in the environment? So I can minimize the relearning. The teachers and other communication partners are going to have to do. Now, that's not yeah. to say that should be the only factor. If there was something else that was like, well, it absolutely could not be pro loquo because X, whatever that X might be, then of course, no, it wouldn't be pro loquo. But as far as uh, supporting your bestie, who's going to be trying to, who she says doing a wonderful job trying to implement, and the communication partners in there. Well, now Mm -hmm. if they got to find words on, all right, I am teaching the concept of uh, put, and I'm doing a lesson around put, and we're teaching where put is. Now I got to teach where put is on two different places. You know, here I could teach it on one if if everything else comes out equal in the wash. You know,
2: (laughs) yeah, no, that's that's true. Um...
0: And the materials that you're making could have the symbol support for going home. Hey parents when uh, at home you do this activity this is the symbol that you could be looking for we're using yeah. this symbol and we can help teach it you know the symbol looks like an this because of why here's how it looks that way and and i kind of explain it so that they can be i can can get better at it as opposed to here's two symbols and i gotta make a whole other set of materials just for this parent do you know what i mean
2: right no that's very true um yeah, I you know, I'm I see this kid tomorrow. So now I'm gonna put Proloquo to go in front of him and see how he does. Um
0: Well, okay, let's talk about that for a second too, because yeah. that's what what you're describing is something I think is pretty prevalent, is that, well, I want to be respectful of the client of the mm-hmm. student. So I want to give them the options and then go with the flow, whatever they sort of gravitate to, right? But the problem with that sort of thing is that you still, you go to a, a restaurant, you got to order off the menu. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to, I don't know, um, You, you don't, I hesitate <laughs> to even pick a restaurant. I don't know. What's something in, uh, in Ohio? You, go, you don't go to Applebee's and order a, um, I don't know, what's, what they, what don't they have at Applebee's? Um, it's a terrible, a I'm doing a terrible taco. job. Here. Yeah. Okay. You I'll don't say you order
2: don't, a taco there. You don't, don't order think. a
0: taco at at Applebee's, right? Because it's not on the menu. So mm-hmm. same thing with the user here. You're like, okay, I want to introduce you, but I'm still only giving you three things, maybe, and I still have to introduce one of those things to you first. And right. so whatever that rationale that you might have for introducing that thing first, mm-hmm. that whatever that rationale is, the question then becomes well, why wouldn't that be the rationale to just implement that thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. Kids, a strategy or a phrase that might help is kids will learn what I teach them. If I give them, Abs- a, yes, right, a PEX board with three pictures and that's all yes. I give them, then that's what they're going to learn because that's what I'm teaching them. But if I give them pro loco to go and I start teaching them the sequences for hitting these words and how, they, how to use them and what they mean, then kids will learn that because I'm teaching yeah. them that. He will learn,
2: he'll pick up quickly. I mean, he's already repeating words that he hears on the device. Um, Mm. So I I am not worried about that at all. Um, And yeah, you know, I didn't think, I mean, I obviously thought about, well, what are the other kids doing, using, but Mm. I didn't, I guess that could be a factor, um, you know, what the environment looks like and it would be more convenient also, you know, for the teachers. So as long as I think he'll pick it up quickly, for sure.
0: Well, um, Sarah, let me extend it out of there, because let's I, let's be thinking about the the sixth kid and the seventh kid, too. So when you're, it wouldn't necessarily just be this kid, but okay, what's the next kid that comes in? And you're like, oh, well, maybe the selection process, putting just a handful of things in front of them and letting them pick the one that they seem to gravitate to might not be the most scientific or even the best approach because right. whatever they gravitate to, they just, for whatever reason, they might see this one first. And so what do you do? You're not putting three iPads out and letting them choose the way with three, right? You're not doing that. No, no. Right. You're still no, sort no, of no. introducing one and starting to teach it. So I would right. think let's really think through what that rationale is. Right. And then let me extend it even further. It sounded like if I'm remembering correctly, that you have multiple campuses. Right. you have this. This particular campus has this classroom that has six spots, but there's another classroom on this campus that has six yes. spots.
2: yep. Mm-hmm. So we have um, one on the west side and the east side.
0: East side of the building or the town?
2: No, sorry, um, of the town, like okay. um, east side, Cleveland, and then the west side. Of gotcha. Cleveland.
0: East and west Cleveland, and the you you work at one of those, and in that mm-hmm. in that one, so there's and you're working in one classroom, which means there's a speech therapist working in the other classroom.
2: Yep, a speech therapist and two others, and then another speech therapist and two other classrooms.
0: So, in a larger scheme, if we blow out the entire building, and you were to make a list of all everybody, your entire roster in in uh, Cleveland West, right? Yep. Or are you Easter West?
2: I'm a, I'm at West.
0: Okay, so Cleveland West, side, West yep. right? Um, how, what's the breakdown of users? Do you end up finding that you know what we have most of our kids are pro proloquo to go. What if we started like collaborating together with the two teachers, your bestie and the other speech therapist bestie get together and we have some collaborative learning time to talk about how we're integrating these devices together and what kind of materials they're making and can we share them together? Is that sort of stuff? You're like, Chris, we're already doing that. Or like, no, actually that's.
2: No, they, the teachers don't collaborate much on like the devices and the communication within each other's classroom i feel like there's so much going on at the school that um (laughs) there's i mean that would be great um if anything i could see maybe the speech therapist doing that and then we can talk about it within the classrooms Mm -hmm. um i could see that happening
0: Um, yeah the idea here is to build a culture around it right? So that now we're, AAC's in the front of our mind already is, it's already integrated with at least this classroom. And I'm sure the other classrooms have AAC users as well. Right. So if everyone's using mostly the same tool, then that's one less thing they have to worry about, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, there's definitely other students. I know in one classroom they they use Nova chat, which is just the personalized device. mm -hmm. Um, another one has lamp and he's great with it. Um, so you know, it's, they're kind of all over the place.
0: Yeah. And we wouldn't, if if it's, if the kid is great with it and that's defined in some sort of quantitative way where we could track their language progression and you see it's working, then of course we wouldn't want to be changing it. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let me move on to the the, to the original point of your question which is why you were kind of reached out in the first place which is your job right now seems to be fragmented where you're working a lot with AAC but not exclusively with AAC and um it, is there a way right is this the, is this a fair way to sum up your question to to become an AAC facilitator coach specialist expert I don't know put some sort of yes. name on it right that's that's yes. what you're after that's, it seems like that's what you're passionate about
2: yes like Yeah. Mm -hmm. To kind of create a position within the school, because there isn't one right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could see, you know, maybe I would, I don't know what that looks like. Um, Maybe that's on the east side and west side.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, But yeah, what that looks like and how to even go about doing that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, have you approached your uh, administration about it and asked them what their thoughts are on something like this? And if they said something like, "Well, flesh it out, give us write a proposal or something," like, is there what what's been done? What's the work been done so far?
2: So not yet because I want to have um, some kind of plan first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I reached out to the uh, speech therapist last week who works in the school districts, and she is a AAC slash SLP. That's what her title is. Um, And she goes around to like 20 different schools within the district and she evaluates kids. She, um, she kind of sees them monthly, Um, no direct therapy. Uh, She helps with getting devices and then also supporting the teachers and making different visuals. So that was helpful hearing her. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I first want to talk to a, a few different other SLPs who do this, and mm-hmm. and then I'll feel a little more confident in how to approach this and see if it's even an option, because this is what I want to do.
0: Well, okay. So here's a couple strategies that I think will help you. So okay. one, I do think having some sort of Google Doc and some sort of official proposal that you've thought through, this is what I want my job to be, could really be helpful to the administrators that will ha- attempt to try and make that happen for you, right? Yeah, and when you in that proposal should be the benefits to the to not only the students but to the organization because essentially uh, they they're probably still going to need to do, provide direct therapy services based on IEPs and now uh, yeah, that is time that you would not be doing that right mm-hmm. um, that chances are it's going to be additional funding. That said, uh, I wonder if there's not an opportunity to. Decrease other people's caseloads and say, hey, maybe if you don't like AAC so much, maybe I can do something like that. That's that's potential in the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, So, number one, I think some sort of official proposal um, thinking through how it benefits the students and how it benefits you with uh, meaning that when I say you, I mean, the administrators that will be reading it. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Second, I think there are models out there, like the one you just mentioned, the person that you were talking to across the country um, that have started to emerge. And we certainly have episodes where we've talked to some of those people. So if you go back in the archives here of the podcast, uh, there is a Chicago County Chicago County, Chicago Public Schools has two AAC coaches, right? That's their job title, and that's what they do. Uh, Arlington uh, County Public Schools here in Northern Virginia has positions that are, that's explicitly what they do. They're called AAC facilitators or AAC coaches. Um, And their role, so so those are just two examples. There's probably more that could be like, well, okay, let me see. Can I Google what they're out on their what their job title was? Is the position already, you know, when they people yeah. applied for those jobs, they probably had a write-up. Could I take that and use that as my framework to get started for my right. proposal? Um, the next thing that I think would be really important to consider is that coaching model. So I would, I would shy away from helping people make visuals and alleviating their time. Mm, that's not going to fly with an administrator. I don't think maybe some, but mostly it's like, yeah, we're paying them to do that kind of stuff and they have teacher's assistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, A a phrase that we use all the time that I think is really poignant is this position would do with not for we do with not for, meaning I'm not gonna do it for you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. That might mean I do something and show you how to do it, but it's always a coaching facilitator build capacity model. Um, And then being very explicit about what the role is, is building out teacher skills and potentially family skills. Um, uh, So... Mm -hmm. A, a severe lack of and for uh, of skills exists out in the world about how to be really good at modeling, let's say, or descriptive teaching, or implementing these devices that are coming in. So, how can we build people's skills around it? Um, you know that teacher that we talk about. I keep calling her. The, I don't even know what's to her. <laughs> the, the bestie, right? Um, yeah is doing great. And I'm going to put that in quotes. We hear stuff like that all the time. All the time is another example of like these sort of nebulous, unquantifiable mm, descriptors, right? Mm -hmm. You could put some numbers around it. Listen, administrator, we are going to measure her effectiveness at being a communication partner her annual objective goal is going to move from this percentage of modeling to this percentage of modeling we're going to start investigating coaching parents because these kids are not going to be with us forever and so when that kid moves on what skills do those communication partners have so let's start coaching the parents and start investigating that and so that sort of is really measurable outcomes could be yeah. really appealing to administrator to be like when we added this position we were here and um, in the first year we got baseline on on all of our staff and uh, now. After a year of having this position and we hired Sarah, the right person for this job, (laughs) this is where we are. We moved up 25 percent in how frequently we were modeling and all the research supports that modeling uh, helps kids learn language faster. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think some sort of um, plan to increase the quantitative numbers of the communication partner skills could really um, be appealing and um, give you some teeth. You know, like, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: So if I did something like that, like a measuring outcomes, uh, you know, asking the teachers, it would kind of be like me creating would be like a checklist or they just say, oh, I feel like I do this,
0: this amount of times. Like, Well, that. here's what I, that could work. That could work as a start. But I'm thinking something much more quantitative than that. I'm literally thinking of measuring how often. Okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a snapshot. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna observe you, and we're gonna oh. make a little video of how often you're modeling. I mentioned the word "put" before, right? How, okay, you've got this lesson. You're gonna be modeling core vocabulary. How often do you s- hit the buttons that say "put" uh, or "in" or "go"? Oh. And 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 measure that in a in a sequence of let's say fifty utterances, meaning. The communication partner uttered 50 utterances. You know how to do a, a language sample, right? Yeah. So here's 50, but I'm measuring the communication partner, not the user, right? <laughs> um, right. So, so, all right, you said 50 things. How many times did you touch a button on the AAC device? You know, mm. oh, you only did it twice. Okay, well, that's fine. That's where, that's a great baseline. Now we're going to come back. And after doing some coaching and having some discussions, and you're going to watch me do it and I'm going to watch you do it, all right, let's come back, and we did this baseline in September, and we're going to do another in, in uh, December. Let's see how much it to go up. We're going to count mm-hmm. another fifty utterances, and we're going to check off our ticky boxes. Oh my gosh! Remember how you only touched it twice? but we've been practicing this for like a bunch of months now. And now you moved up and you're doing it like 40% of the time. That's a huge increase. Don't you see how your skills have gotten better? And if that right. was their annual goal that the principal is evaluating them on, look at, I've already achieved my goal. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, rather than, because I'm sure what happens all across the, and maybe your area too, it's like, I don't know, what should I rank my goal about? Oh, uh, I don't know, you know, like. Oh, oh the for
2: sure. Right, right. <laughs> right
0: definitely takes that all away and we're building a culture around it so uh, uh, let's do that across our all of west i'm going to do this with the with the teachers and the paraprofessionals and the assistants and we're going to build all of their skills that way so west is best sorry east (laughs) um we we are rocking this communication thing do you know what i mean um that could be really appealing and then okay well great sarah that you've done it mission accomplished no that's only modeling we haven't even practiced descriptive teaching and we're all over the map with least to most prompting that's a whole other skill the teachers are prompting sometimes they're grabbing the kids hands sometimes they're pointing to words sometimes they're just waiting patiently what if we implement this least to most prompting and that's so you could have a multi year plan like year 1 is uh yeah. bottling year 2 is let's get him good at least to, to most prompting. Year three is descriptive teaching or whatever. Like I'm just throwing that out there. You could make up your own plan. It could yeah. be maybe two or three years of modeling and moving into something else. It could be very yeah. personalized where the, this bestie's already awesome at doing modeling. So let's just jump that, that person into descriptive teaching or something else. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Um Modeling is huge. I recently, um I'm starting in Last month, I'm a supervisor for CF, so I'm now on the east side a little bit, and I'm able to go into these new classrooms and just seeing, um, you know, what it's like in the classrooms and even some of these students talkers. Their the vocabulary template is tiny, and I hear that he doesn't use it. And I look, I looked at it and i said what is he motivated by like what what words cuz i looked and and i heard um they gave me like two words like squeezes and maybe something else squeezes wasn't in there so i was like well, i'm going to add this and just like these very simple things of um teaching the entire classroom. you know i did a presentation last year on modeling mm-hmm. um and i feel like we have a lot of new, um, employees and this presentation wasn't, I I didn't present it this year. And maybe that's something else I need to do. Like a lot of teaching, um, because you know, it's no fault on anybody. I go to, I went to school for this. I, this is my job. Yeah. I don't expect other employees, you know, to know and pick up on it so quickly. Modeling is hard. Um, I think modeling would be that. That's a big one. Yeah. And like how to do it. Like anytime I see somebody g- taking the hand, the finger of a student, and I'm like, oh, ah, hold on, let me explain. Um, and it's in all good intentions. It really is. Um, but that's something that I think a lot of people don't know about.
0: Yeah, for um, sure.
2: So I, I like that one.
0: So imagine building your entire culture and really your whole job around. So, the job first, and then the culture around uh, becoming, learning language with AAC, uh, with uh, modeling as your first focus, um, getting everybody good at that skill, which takes more than just training. Like, you can't come to a training and leave. You, you can come to a training and get an idea of what modeling is, but you can't get good at it unless you actually do it you know, so you you can't just, sorry, everyone listening to this podcast. You can't just get good (laughs) at modeling by listening to the talking to tech podcast. You actually have to motor through it and sit next to kids and play with them and model on the device. So you, this could be your job is to help people get really good at that because that is a skill that's, is is, it's hard to do. It's hard because it's not something people have been taught to do.
2: Right. And like, um, aided language input, you know, like, Everywhere you go in the building, you know, you can hold up their device in front of them and model those words um, so Mm -hmm. that they can generalize it.
0: Now Um, imagine everyone in the building knowing how to do that, right? And then everyone outside the building, like all the family members knowing how to do that, you know?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, family members for sure. Um, That could be really helpful. Yeah, so just taking the time to, you know, focus more on that is what I would love. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just, yeah, coming up with that whole plan, but that all sounds
0: good. Well, Sarah, I picture a visual that has, I mean, your report, that your proposal, when you pitch it, should have visuals just like any other visuals, right? I picture the Venn diagram, Rachel and I have one in a presentation we do where it's like a three prong, it's three Venn, three circles overlapping Yes. and a Venn diagram where it's like tools. All right, we've got teachers to have tools so they can model Second is training. I got to show people what modeling is and how to do it. But then the third part is coaching. I really need to be in there showing them, letting them do it, giving them moments to reflect, having explicit goals for themselves, like educators writing their own IEPs. Do you know what I mean? It's a goal for me to get better. Build my skill out. I help them through that whole process, so that when you come to our when you are you come to our nonprofit, you know you're getting the, this uh, not just qualified people people who have been coached, and that's how we know they're qualified. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah, sounds good.
0: Good. You think you can get the job?
2: will see.
0: <laughs> Does that sound like the job you want? let so let's go start there.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it's. Yes. Um it does. Uh me creating it and being the only one sounds a little intimidating, but this is ideally what what I would want to do. Um I think the question is, you know, what does my day-to-day look like? Mm-hmm. Um and like, you know, do do I see all these kids kind of like what that one AAC SLP does, you know, they're, she has like 80 students and she just checks in on them. And like, is that kind of what I would also do
0: or. Well, do okay. I evaluate all these kids. and Imagine Sarah, not you deciding. Cause right now it sounds like all the weight of someone's entire AAC, uh, their language system potentially for their life is on your shoulders. Right. Uh, because the public school did not maybe they did maybe they didn't right but you're making the decision sort of in a bubble whether it should be pro lo quo or touch chat or whatever right is that mm-hmm. is that a good summary if i mm-hmm. so imagine also is part of this coaching gig right the aac coach is also helping them select what uh what that is and so now i'm going to build instead of the one SLP making these decisions about what it should be, what if I shifted my role to be a facilitator of a conversation? All right, we think this kid needs something other than PEX or or a GoTalk9. What do we think it should be? All right, well, we already know it's got to have core vocabulary, right? Let's make our list. All right, what else do we think? And now you're asking questions in sort of the same way that I was asking you questions to get there. Right. Um, you're asking the team questions to get there and they come to a conclusion. You know what? We're not just going to go with pro-lo-quo. Yes, we all know that the best, but for this kid, we know that it's going, to, Lamp Words for Life is the better choice or Touch Chat's the better choice because we decided together as a team that this is the choice we want to make. But I they wonder need... how
2: they would decide though. Like yeah. I wonder
0: if, They would have you to guide them by asking, (laughs) facilitating questions, right? Okay. Uh, Like... Well, you know what? Uh, it sounds like the, we're down between these three, and um, let's count. How many hits does this one have? How many hits does it take? Let's make five sentences. You come up with a sentence, and you come up with a sentence. You come up with a sentence. Make sure those sentences are um, got uh, morphemes in them. You know, th- make sure your sentence has an ing. Make sure your sentence has only three words. Make sure your sentence is a question, so not everything is requesting or a comment. Now let's count how many hits is it going to take to say that sentence and how many hits is it going to take to make that sentence that and just going through another stuff that's like time chris oh my gosh God, when are we going to have time to do that but once you do that a handful of times it gets a lot faster like anything Mm -hmm. so you you could be the guide through that experience to help them get there so that they're making they're not feeling like the decision was imposed on them they're like i'm part of this decision i'm i'm empowered by it we've decided together that this is the right tool let's go let's let's run with it you know yeah okay (laughs) exciting
3: yeah (laughs) is this
0: what you were hoping for when you reached out
2: Yes. Yes. Like some, um, it, it is, I mean, I wrote a lot down. This is really helpful. Um, overwhelming, but like in a really good way.
0: Okay. Good. Well, yeah. as you start to piece it out and if you need any help with, uh, you know, Hey, I, I wrote up what I think the job proposals might be, you know, yeah. don't, don't hesitate to reach out. I don't mind you know, giving a little feedback on that and helping you out. Make sure, uh, awesome. uh cause ultimately it's going to help it's going to be. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for the kids. It's going to be better for the teachers that you support. It's definitely going to be better for the entire school. So yeah,
2: um, I, I think so for sure. Yeah, this is very helpful.
0: Like I said, we have episodes in the past in the archives. Awesome. All right. Yeah, anything else? Was,
2: no, I don't think so. This was very very helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk this out with me.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. And so um, best of luck, please don't be a stranger, reach back out, let, let me know how it all turns out.
2: All right, right, will do.
0: All right, talk to you later.
2: Thank you.